Can you give us an analysis, your analysis of your campaign <laughs> in the state of Pennsylvania? Well, it's been exciting. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I've never running statewide before. Uh, this has been an exciting opportunity. You know, TV commercials are important, and um, you know, you're going to all this sort of party events are important. But just getting out and getting amongst people, um, you know, we created this bus tour. Uh, we call it the Small Town Bus Tour. And, you know, a couple weeks ago, we went from Erie to Edinburgh to Warren to Wellsboro to Williamsport to Salem's Grove to Lancaster to Ben Salem up to Allentown and over to Pottsville all in like two and a half days. Uh, and it's just important to get out and talk to people and, uh, and uh, you know, ask them. You know, a lot of times people say, well, what are you going to do for me if you're governor? And my response is, well, what would you like me to do? Because I don't, I think it's a little presumptuous for me to say every community what I'm going to do. I think it's important to hear what the issues are, what their concerns are. And the best way to do that is to get out and see people. And so we've done that quite a bit. I think we've traveled to state probably more than anybody. It's been exciting and, you know, looking forward to, you know, the sprint to the finish these last uh, five weeks or so and, and um, to the primary, May primary. And, you know, and see where the voters go. All right, well, now I'm back to me, Mark Lawrence, and I met you probably back in 1997 when I started yep. at uh, up in Williamsport. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, very glad to talk to you again. Now, right now, we just talked about in the news one of the latest polls out of the WHTM, the Hill, and Emerson College. Still has you down in the single digits, and the Glonkzillionaires are the folks that are up at the top of that particular list. What's the way forward for you to get, uh, to, get to the top of that good list? That's a great question because, you know, I've raised more money than anybody uh, in this race. Now, I'm not funding my own race, obviously, as you said, because, you know, some people are doing that. Uh, and that's, you know, they've spent a lot more money. But if you notice in the polls over the last X amount of weeks, no one's really moved anywhere. It's sort of just stagnant. And, um, you know, there's still like a 40% undecided. Uh, and so that's some other load, right, of, of any campaign. It's, it's not so much the horse race. It's the undecided voters. And there's a lot of them out there. Um, look, you know, I am offering something different. I mean, normally Republicans like outsiders, and I get that. You know, they like outsiders who, who haven't been a part of the process. Um, but we've, you know, we experienced that. Tom Wolf was an outsider, and he was completely unsuccessful. And he was a guy who sold himself as a businessman, and he's been just a terrible uh, governor. Tom Corbett sold himself as an outsider you know, as attorney general and didn't know how to govern when he got there, even though he had Republican majorities. I think what I'm trying to offer to people is, if we are successful this year, we need to produce. Uh, we need to produce um, when someone gets to be a governor uh, and change Pennsylvania, rebuild you know small towns uh, so that uh, we can bring industry back by embracing the energy economy, by empowering parents uh, to be more involved in their child's education. Uh, and so you need someone who knows how to get that done. And I'm someone you know who served as appropriations chairman in the Senate, served as majority leader served as president pro tem i know how to work the building i know how to get things accomplished and that's at the other day what matters the most because you know it doesn't matter what you're for i always tell this to people you know we can all be for whatever as a legislator or as a governor if you don't get it accomplished it doesn't really matter what you're for you know if i haven't ever had any accomplishments that would be very good to my constituents uh, but i've had a career of accomplishments you know i passed public pension reform with a liberal governor that is you know looked at as one of the most aggressive uh, reforms in the country the only one that included uh, the teachers' pensions in the whole country. Um, you know, when the NCA came in and, and, and you know, in my opinion, treated Penn State unfairly, you know, I took them to court and defeated them, uh, and restored the wins for Joe Paterno and 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 and, and got the consent decree uh, repealed. Um, you know, when you know Tom Wolf was acting like a dictator, you know, we passed legislation to do a constitutional amendment 
uh, which the voters only ultimately um, agreed with. Uh, and now no governor, Republican or Democrat, can ever do what Tom Wolf did you know, during that pandemic. You know, when the governor, after that happened, the governor tried to do a mask mandate uh, in, our, in our schools. And I took him to court and defeated him uh, so that, you know, because I said he didn't have the authority to do something like that. And he didn't. And I won in court. So, you know, I think it's important, you know, what we're for. And I think it's important to campaign on the issues. But I think for the voters, it's important who can get it accomplished. Uh, and that's what matters most. And I think I'm in a position to get big things accomplished. We're talking on the news line with Jay Corman, a Republican candidate for governor of Pennsylvania, happens to be the president of the state Senate and a state senator from the 34th district of Belfont, which I incidentally, I was looking at the uh, redistricting maps before we went on the air, and what in the world happened to Center County? Honest to Pete, we, we've said in our area that, um, unfortunately, they put Philadelphia and Pittsburgh together however they thought was appropriate and right, and then just whatever was left in the middle of Pennsylvania kind of got congealed together. Is that a safe observation about the redistricting in the legislative districts? Well, look, redistricting is never easy um, because, you know, population shifts and, and then so the districts have to shift with them. And, and and so, you know, some communities that were together at one point in time get changed into different communities. So it's never an easy process. Uh, I think the commission looked at the fact that I was not running for re-election to the Senate Normally, you have to move a seat out of the west to the east in the Senate just because of population shift. Um, and, you know, if you look at the population changes, most of the western seats have lost population. Um, and so, ultimately, you add all those up, it, it, it adds up to a whole Senate seat, and then you need to move that to the east where the population growth has been. Um, and so, I think, you know, they always try to do that as least evasive as possible. You know, a couple of years ago, it was a, it was a uh, northern Pittsburgh seat. They moved to Monroe County. That was 10 years ago. Uh, so it just happens sometimes. And so they moved the Center County seat, 34 Centaur District, Center Mifflin, Juniata County, part of Huntington, uh, to Cumberland County, where a lot of the population growth has been. Center County did not lose growth, but, you know, they, what they did is they brought some of the western seats um, that uh, um, had, um, you know, lost population, brought it in to pick up population in Center County. Well, Jake, real quick, I jump in on that. Is redistricting in Pennsylvania broken? Well, uh, you know, the, 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 remember, there's two different ways. It was certainly broken in the congressional redistricting because um, that is done by a piece of legislation. You know, that's then signed by the governor. This governor had no interest in engaging with us. Um, uh, he abdicated his responsibilities, as he's done in so many areas, uh, never engaged with us, and so therefore ultimately went to the court. That's broken. I mean, in my years, we've always come to some sort of negotiation with the governor uh, and got it done. Uh, this year, for whatever reason, the governor Wolf figured he had a better chance to get more Democrats elected if the court drew it instead of, instead of us. Uh, that's unfortunate. That's not the way government's supposed to be. So, from that perspective, then yeah, it is broken because this governor broke it. Um, you know, the history is not that, uh, but this governor, you know, has been the most partisan governor that I've ever served with, and that's saying something, since Ed Rendell was the chairman of the Democrat National Committee before he became governor. Yeah, exactly. Um, but he's, he's acted as the most partisan governor uh, in the history of Pennsylvania, and, um, you know, so, you know, they took a seat, uh, like Fred Keller's, which was, you know, a, a longtime public servant in the, you know, greater Susquehanna Valley, uh, who did a great job. Uh, well, clearly, when Connor Lamb retired in Pittsburgh, and that's where the population is lost, that's the seat they should have removed. Um, and that was the obvious decision. That's the decision the legislature made. Uh, unfortunately, the governor wouldn't agree to that. 
because he figured a Republican would win that seat when they moved it or when they removed it. Uh, and so he took the, the Fred Keller seat, which is uh, unfortunate, uh, but that's what the court ruled. So, yes, I don't think the law is necessarily bad, Ben, uh, but like anything, when you have bad actors within the law, as Governor Wolf was, it's not going to be successful. Yeah, fair enough. And and the constitutionality, if the legislature is supposed to create these districts, then they need to rec- they need to create them, and and that's the Pennsylvania yeah. Constitution. But now, uh, I, I guess the three branches of government have become the ratio has become uh, ridiculous. It seems like judicial now is sixty to seventy percent of government, and the executive and legislative branches are are make up the remaining. Well, look, I mean, one of the reasons why it inspired me to run, uh, and this is a big issue for me, is is personal and individual freedoms. And when a governor, as Governor Wolf did, over the last couple of years, governors through dictation, whether it's you know using his emergency powers to control our lives, uh, which he did by telling us who could go to work and who couldn't, who could go to school and who couldn't, who could get health care and who couldn't, and and now you know by by doing executive orders and regulatory process outside the General Assembly uh, to do things like Reggie Regional Greenhouse Gas Alliance, where you know he's bringing us into a multi-state um, compact with other states. Uh, without the, the approval of the legislature. It's never been done before. Uh, so he's governing through dictation, um, and that's wrong. Uh, it's 100% wrong. I, when I gave a speech on the Senate floor, I stayed away from the debate of whether it's good public policy or not, which is terrible public policy. But I said to my colleagues, you know, you're, if you allow this to happen, you're saying the Senate of Pennsylvania doesn't matter. You know, we're the people's house. You know, we're the, this is where people come when they have complaints, the House or the Senate. Um, you know, they can't get a hold of the governor, but they do get a hold of us. And so we're the people's voice. Uh, and to completely remove us from the process is a, is a chink away at people's freedoms. Uh, and so one of the reasons what inspired me to run for governor, you know, as the president pro tem, arguably is the you know, second highest elected official in the state, I have a lot of power. But that's not why I'm running. I'm running to give power back to people and protect people's power uh, so that we never have a governor uh, that, that governs like this again. Well, Jake, let me throw out an intangible I, I think is uh – it hasn't been discussed, but I think is uh, an underlying uh, scenario that can be a positive, particularly for yourself, though, the geographics of Pennsylvania. And if you look at the elected Republican governors, they've all been west of Harrisburg. And, you know, yeah. you, you go back and you, and you see that. And the the fact, uh, except for uh, Governor Schweiker, who took over when Governor Ridge went to Washington, you look at you look at that scenario, and the information. And I was just out in the western part of Pennsylvania, is that the old Blue Dog Democrats or the Western Pennsylvania Democrats, the uh, Iron City, Iron City Light, Pittsburgh Steeler Democrats, will vote for a Republican from the western part of the state over an Eastern Republican. Uh, or an Eastern Democrat. So it's sort of interesting. Geographically, you're you're in the Western side, and your campaign has focused heavily on the West. Is that where the, you can move those undecideds your way? Well, I mean, that's obviously in the general election, like you said. Um, you know, there's a good chance that, you know, Western PA Democrats would vote for a Republican over a Eastern Democrat. And uh, certainly we will play that. But in the primary, it's, you know, it's not quite as much that way. But, yes, look, I am the most Western candidate. There is one sort of minor candidate from Allegheny County. Uh, but, um, you know, but I think our plan and our, in our um, you know, being from central Pennsylvania, you know, we've never had a graduate from Penn State University become governor. 
Mm. And so, you know, it seems like every year we sort of break the mold. You know, we never had a governor from Erie that you know, Tom Lewis became governor. You know, we hadn't had a governor from Philadelphia forever, and, you know, Ed Rendell became governor. Um, so, you know, we've been, you know, we've been breaking the mold. We haven't had one from Central Pennsylvania in a while. Uh, you know, Belfont is the home of governors, although we haven't had one since 1896, so I guess <laughs> it's been a while. You're due. Uh, well, that's why they so, have a place called the Governor's Pub, correct? That's it. A great restaurant in town. So, you know, um, you know, we're trying to make our message. We think our message works no matter where we are in the state because it's about opportunity. It's about when, creating opportunity so then the individual can then make the determination how successful they're going to be by their own work ethic and merit. I noticed that you've, you've kind of changed your tone a little bit over the course of the campaign. You used to say you were interested in being governor. Now you don't make any reference to being governor. It, it, am I picking that up accurately? Now you just say that you talk about your leadership. But, but you're right. I mean, look, it's back to my point about freedom and why I'm running for governor, not power. You know, I'm, you know, I'm not interested, you know, for the title. Look, I've, I've had a great career, and my career ends this year or four years from now or eight years from now, I'm good with that. Uh, but, you know, I think there's a lot more to do for Pennsylvania as a father of three young people, uh, you know, a daughter in college and two in high school, two boys in high school, that, uh, you know, our greatest export over the last 40 years has been our young people. Uh, and I'm like every parent or grandparent that's listening out there, you know, I'm selfish. I want my children to live in Pennsylvania where I can be part of their lives. Well, we have to create opportunities for them. And so, you know, I'm not running for governor to have a career. I've had a career. I'm running for governor to do the job as governor, uh, to make things happen, to get big things done. I've always made a career of taking on the big, difficult issues. I'm not afraid of them. And I think if you do that and you're successful, um, then you then the politics of that gets, you know, take care of itself and you do get reelected. But if you're sitting there worried about getting reelected and worried about political popularity, well, you're not going to be very successful. And I think you see examples of that, like Ron DeSantis and, in um, Florida, uh, Christy Nome in South Dakota, um, you know, they're not, you know, Governor Abbott in Texas, you know, they're not afraid of the liberal media and, and you know, being popular. They're just doing popular things and getting things done for their states. And that's the type of governor that I want to be. All right. Well, just a few moments left. How can we fix the pension systems, the two big systems in Pennsylvania? And how are we going to? How are you going to get us back out of Reggie? And you can take as much time as you want to answer those two questions: pensions and Reggie. Well, we're still fighting the governor for getting into Reggie. Matter of fact, we got a good decision to come up court, so they're delaying it for right now. Uh, so we're not in yet, uh, and we're going to take him to court because we, again, we don't believe the governor has statutory authority to do it. And uh, so we'll continue that fight. And if he ends up being successful at the end, uh, on my first day as governor, I will take us out. Uh, that is the biggest um, uh, uh, hindrance to jobs in Pennsylvania, which is, is the cornerstone to any good community is jobs. That would kill jobs in Pennsylvania, would raise energy prices uh, in Pennsylvania and hurt the environment. So um, I will take us out day one uh, if I'm governor. Um, you know, the pension systems, I've done a lot of work there. As I said, I passed a public pension reform bill which took 60% of the risk off the table. You know, the big part of the problems with the pension systems were, you know, we had two big recessions in the decade of 2000, uh, one enormous recession, and they just, you know, lost tons of money, which then the employer has to pick up the difference. Well, you know, the taxpayers shouldn't be putting it that much at risk. And so by the bill that we passed, by entering into a defined uh, contribution plan as opposed to just a defined benefit, uh, now we took 60% of the risk off the table, which is enormous. But clearly, by reading what you read in the paper and investigations going on, uh, the systems need overhaal as far as management and operation. Um, you know, when you, anytime you have the, 
uh, federal government investigating uh, the going on, that's a problem. Um, and so we need to take a long, hard look and do a major overall on how they're run, how they're doing their investments, uh, and making sure the taxpayers are protected. Thank you so much for all the answers. Uh, if you ever want to cross the T in Pennsylvania, this is where you have to do it. So please come back and visit us in person. We'd love to have you in Absolutely. the studios in the in the love weeks ahead. Yep. Thank travels, you so much, Jake. Senator Good to hear from you. Hey guys. Good talking to you. Take care. Thank you. That is Jake Corman, State Senator, 34th District, mm-hmm. now busted in half. The district's busted in half in Center County. Uh, he is running for governor of Pennsylvania. One of the Republican candidates is also president of the Senate right now. This is his last term in the State Senate.